thank you. How are we all? Good. I'll have you out by five, so not to worry. Um, God was talking to one of his angels one day and he says, do you know what I did? I just created a 24-hour period of alternating light and darkness on earth. Isn't that good? And the angel looked at him and said, yes, that's great. What will you do now? He said, oh, I think I'll call it a day. (laughs) (laughs) Took a while for some of you. since I finished uni and I started working and in the middle of last year I don't know what came over me but I decided to start uni again I'm doing a postgraduate degree and I remember going to uni when I was 17 and um, I had a lifelong friend from school and we went and you did the enrollment and we used to catch the bus in and go to the lectures and go to the tutorials we used to borrow books at the library you know, we'd queue up to get our printing out the printer. At the beginning of each semester, there'd be these huge textbooks, five, six, seven hundred pages that we'd buy and we'd lug them home to read. They cost hundreds of dollars to buy. The memories of that time at uni were fun. And I've got these memories in my mind when I took that same friend with me to just go check out the uni again and try and figure out at least where the library is and so on. Only it's different. When I studied, I studied internally, which means you go to classes and everything. This time, it's entirely online or externally, so that's completely different for me. I didn't have to buy any textbooks. They're all online. You read them all online. The whole structure is different. Have you ever gone to do something that you remember so fondly and then felt a little bit let down that maybe it's not as good as you remember? Maybe it's not as exciting as you remember? Have you ever been somewhere that seems so big when you were a child, like the giant rocking horse, and you go back as an adult and you look at it and think, it's not actually that big? Do you ever find yourself holding on to and dwelling on to memories of the past, things that just aren't the same as they used to be, lamenting on what was, and sometimes hesitant to move forward because you realise that things are different, but you don't want to lose that memory of how it was? Shall we pray? Heavenly Father, I pray that you'd be with us this morning. I pray you use my words to speak and I pray that you speak through me, Lord. I pray that you open up ears and eyes to hear and see what you want them to hear and see today. We ask in your name. Amen. The good old days, the memories we have of the past. How many times have you heard someone say, I wish I was young again? Or those were the days. Or when I was young, it was like this or like that. And how many people have you also seen or heard that are gripping to the past, dwelling in the past, because that's when they were successful? That was the good old days. People refusing to change because they're stuck in the the way that things were, the good things of what has been. At work, um, we've just gone to electronic patient records and people panicked. They absolutely panicked because... It's different. It's a bit uncomfortable. We have to learn something new. It's a little bit tricky. It's a bit like having your hair cut in a particular style in the 80s. You know, it was really fashionable then, but over time, things changed. You see it all the time. People hold on to things in their glory days, but 
they stop looking forward. They're living in the successes of the past. You know, it can be like that too with our walk with Christ. For those of you who've been in church for a while, you'd have memories of that youth camp where everyone was touched by God. Those meetings where the Holy Spirit was released. The groups and the times where you saw miracles and you saw breakthrough. And so often we find ourselves looking back at these past successes, holding on to that moment or comparing. Those old hymns, they had such depth of meaning. But these new songs, I, don't, I can't remember the words. They just don't mean the same. Or the times that the church used to do this and that, but these days all you get is a loaf of bread when you leave. You know, things are different. For those of you who may not have been in church for as long, it may be that just as you begin to move forward, there's those things that hold you back, things in your past, and they're holding you back. Sometimes it can almost be that we're afraid of what might happen if we let go of the past, the identity which we found ourselves in. It's almost like we're afraid of how powerfully we can change if we let go. I can describe it a bit like, you know, at the shops you've got the travelator, and if you're walking the wrong way on a travelator, if you walk fast enough, you can begin to make progress, but the minute you stop, you start to go backward again. And what begins to happen is we get stuck in the past. We begin to dwell on successes and moments in the past, and we find that we can forget to take hold of the future that God has for us. We can't keep living through successes in the past. We have to reach a point where we continue to move on and we continue to move forward into the future that God has for us. And to do that, we have to let go. Think of a rescue operation when someone's fallen and they're gripping onto a cliff. You're clinging on for dear life and they come to rescue you and you're holding onto that cliff with both hands and they throw you a rope. How do you get out of that situation? You've actually got to let go of the rock to take hold of the rope. I do have a PowerPoint, but I don't have the clicker. So if you... Ah. Thank you. If you want to live abundantly in the life that Christ has for you, and he tells us in John 10.10, I have come that you may have life and have it abundantly. He didn't come so that you can have one success and live off of that for the rest of your life. He came so that you can have a plentiful life, an abundant life, full of success after success in him. So if you want to live abundantly, if you want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection, you first got to let go. Looking back to success can be very dangerous to our progress. It can hinder us from living a life that grows with each coming day. So I've titled my message today, Step Up. And I truly believe that it's time for us to step up, to stop living in successes and failures of the past and step up into the life and the future that God has for us. Let's look first this morning at Isaiah 43, verse 1 to 3. Do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. When you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Saviour. God does not open paths for us before we come to them. He doesn't provide us help before the help is needed. He doesn't remove every obstacle from our path before we get to them. Yet when we're at our point of need, God's hand is stretched out waiting for us. What an incredible assurance that gives us. 
through the water, through the rivers, through the fires. And think of how devastating the fires have been recently. You know, but he promised us we will not be hurt. A few verses later in this passage, it goes on to talk of God's mercy. In verse 18 to 21, it says, Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. The wild animals honour me, the jackals and owls, because I provide water in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland to give drink to my people, my chosen. The people I formed for myself that they may proclaim my praise. See, even when it seems dry, when nothing new seems to be happening, we read of God's mercies. Forget the former things. Don't dwell in the past. I will give you streams through the deserts. I will refresh you when you seem to be in a desert. When you lack the faith to move forward, I will sustain you, says the Lord. And these are promises that we have. We just have to grab hold of them. God doesn't ask us to erase the past from our memories, but he asks us not to dwell on it. He's asking us, don't hold on to the past so much that it stops you from grabbing hold of the work that he wants to do today and the future that he has for you. Our pasts are incredibly important because what we have been through has made us into who we are today. It is what makes us unique, our good and our bad has been shaped by the experiences that we've gone through. When you ask someone, if you could change one thing, what would you change? The most common reply is, I would change nothing. People have been through things, but they don't want to change what has had because that has made them into who they are today. What I'm trying to encourage you with this morning is that it's time to step up into something new. It's time to step up into what God has for your life and your future. Don't dwell on these things, good things or bad things, but move into the promise that he has. Now, this is not always easy. And there are several key things that can stop us from looking forward to the future, stop us from stepping up into the future God has for us. One of these things is pain. Sometimes we let pain from the past shape our future. We carry around the pain from trauma, abuse, rejection, abandonment, and we let it affect everything around us. Our eyes get stuck on a moment or a season. It causes us pain and it becomes all that we can see. Our unresolved pain can manifest in things in our life like anger, insecurity, self-harm, addiction, and the list goes on. The thing about pain is that you have to face it to overcome it. And because so often our pain is connected to hurts that others have caused in our past, choosing forgiveness is a big part of this. It's a big part of facing the pain in our past. Forgiving someone doesn't mean what they did was right, but choosing to forgive means that you're not going to let that hurt define you any longer. There's a saying that says forgiveness is setting someone free and realising that the prisoner was yourself. The Bible tells us when you assume the posture of prayer, remember that it's not all asking. If you have anything against someone, forgive. Only then will your heavenly Father be inclined to also wipe your slate clean. That's in Mark chapter 11. Forgiveness is God's plan. It's a part of God's plan for a healthy heart and a life of freedom. And it's important to realise it's not only forgiveness of others, It's the acceptance of God's forgiveness of you, as well as forgiving yourself. 
If you have confessed your wrong, if God has forgiven you, accept the forgiveness and forgive yourself to be able to move forward. Another thing is mistakes. Sometimes it's our mistakes that keep us dwelling in the past. We suffer from a classic case of the shoulda, coulda, wouldas. When we focus on our mistakes, we begin to crave into these feelings of inadequacy, guilt, shame, and other things that keep us from walking in the freedom that God has given us. The truth is, not one of us is perfect. We've all fallen short of God's glory. But here is the truth. God is bigger than your mistakes. He says, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. His power is not made perfect in you showing him your strength. It's not made perfect in you showing your perfections. It's made perfect in your weaknesses. God is bigger than everything you have ever done wrong. His grace is enough for all of it. God's grace and redemptive power is so incredible that he will take the very things we think disqualify us and use them for good. Another thing that can stop us is the good old days, the memories that distract us from looking forward. Instead, we crane our head back to look at a time that we thought was ideal, that one relationship. When I had that, when I did that, or the t- that time I felt God's presence, and we get stuck in a pattern of idealising the past, then we're never able to embrace a new thing. We get so focused on what we might have lost that we can't see all that God has for us. Some of us have had to face significant losses. Sometimes in order to move forward, there may need to be a grieving process. Sometimes you have to say goodbye to some things, things that you might have pinned your hopes or dreams to, things that have let you down, things that you have found your identity in, friendships that you know are not helping. Sometimes that goodbye is the only way to move forward. Grief isn't fun, but it's necessary and it's important. And God meets us in that place. You're blessed when you feel you've lost what is most dear to you. Only then you can be embraced by the one most dear to you, it says in Matthew 5. God is doing a new thing. Here's a new word, a new plan, a new work, and he wants to do it. He's making a way for you, even in that place where it may seem like there is no way. Often throughout the Bible, we read that it's in the context of the desert or the wilderness, those circumstances, and that's when God does his greatest work. So when we deal with the things that hold us back, the pain, the mistake, the memories of the past, the memories of the good old days... When we deal with that, we can then be in a position to move forward into what God has in store for us. And how do we do that? We've got to start taking steps. You've got to have a vision. The Israelites stayed in the wilderness for 40 years because they couldn't see God's vision for their life. They thought of everything in terms of their past. In fact, they even complained to Moses, can we go back to Egypt, live in a life of slavery, because at least we're familiar with it and we know what it's like. But God wanted them to get a new vision. He wanted them to get a vision of a land flowing with milk and honey. If you want to see change in your life, you've got to get a vision that goes beyond what you've already seen and already experienced. And a good place to start is the promises in God's word. There are thousands of them and you can claim each one of them for yourself. 
We need to learn how to encourage ourselves within the word. That's what David did in Psalms 27. Even in the midst of his trouble, he said, I am confident I will see the Lord's goodness while I am here in the land of the living. Wait patiently for the Lord. Be brave and courageous. Yes, wait patiently for the Lord. Who do you think he was talking to? Himself, reminding himself, wait patiently, be strong, be courageous, wait patiently, and I will see it in the land of the living. Paul tells us in Philippians, not that I have already obtained all this or already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do... I forget what is behind and I strain toward what is ahead. I press toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me, heavenward in Christ Jesus. Another thing you need to do is let go and let God. It sounds cliche, but in order to be rescued from the cliff face, you must let go of the only thing keeping you from falling and grab hold of the rope that will save you. I remember as a kid, we visited a relative's dairy farm and we're in this paddock of young cows. I was only young and this cow started walking towards me and I got frightened of this cow and I ran to the fence and I gripped on with both hands. I put my back to the cow and I could feel this banging through my body and this, I, in my mind, these cows were banging into me and I was so afraid and I clung to this fence and I wished the cows would stop banging me and just leave me alone. But it was only when someone else took me from the fence, I realised the cows weren't interested from, in me, but I was clinging to an electric fence. <laughs> that banging was not me being attacked, but it was me holding on to something that was causing me harm. I just didn't know it. And it's the same with God. Sometimes we cling to something at our own detriment. We think we can do it ourselves. We think it's too risky to, to chance it. But God is standing there. His hand is outstretched waiting. He's waiting for us to just grab hold of his hand. He knows what is best for us. He knows our future. We just have to put our trust in him and know that it will be okay. In Luke 9:62, Jesus said, No one having put his hand to the plough and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. Let go of that thing and grab hold of what God wants for you. Don't look back. Don't keep reminiscing about what life was, but look forward to what is in store for your life. Another thing we need to do is use the windscreen. This is a perfect example of the need to focus more on the future than the past. It's an example most of us would use in everyday life. The design of the car is a perfect example of where we should be putting our focus. Think of when you sit in the car. You sit down and you see this large window which shows you the road ahead. Now you're looking forward and in the centre there's a small mirror which shows you what's behind us, the rear view mirror. This is where we should be putting our focus more on what is ahead and less on what is behind. Notice how small the rear view mirror is in comparison to the front windscreen. It suggests that it's more important to be able to look at what is ahead of you. It's important to see what is behind you, but it is more important 
to see what is ahead. It is necessary to take quick glances at what is behind us, but the main focus should be on the road ahead. And the same principle applies to our life. While it is important for us to know what is in our past, because if you forget the past completely, you lose a sense of your identity, and quite often it means history will repeat itself. But it is more important for us to not spend all our time looking in the past because when we do that, we are unable to see what is happening in the here and now, which leaves us unable to look forward and step into what lies ahead. When you spend so much time focusing on former things, you become less able to perceive what God is doing in the here and now. How do we know then that God will help us step up? Because he promises it. He gives us lots of promises. He has a plan for us. In Jeremiah 29, 11, we all know this one. I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. We don't always understand the will of God or the way things happen, but faith is putting trust into what we cannot see. When we cry out things to God, like, I don't know what's going to happen, or I'm afraid of the future, God hears us. What we don't know, and while we don't know the future, he has it all planned out for us. He knows the plans he has. And the good news for us is that there are plans for prosperity, safety, hope, a bright future. And there's assurance in those promises that he's given us. Another promise is that he delights in our lives. Psalm 37, 23 says, The Lord directs the steps of the godly. He de- delights in every detail of their lives. Another way to look at this is a step could be a day in your life. And what this means is that God now has each day of your life perfectly planned out for you until the day you depart from it. You are now on the yellow brick road of life. But the yellow colour is God's light. Your job is now to live each day to its fullest, always trying to do the best at whatever God calls you to do. If you can learn how to keep this kind of mindset, you'll be less likely to throw pity parties when things don't go the way you think they should. Another thing God assures us is he determines our steps. In Proverbs 16:9, it says, We can make our plans, but the Lord determines our steps. And what this means is that at times you will have to plan things out. You can't not plan your future. You do have to try and figure things out and start trying things out. But as you do all of this, God will direct your steps as you're walking them. And before you know it, you'll end up to the place where God wants you to be at. Think of when you start looking for a job and you apply for job after job after job and you get frustrated because you're not getting a job and you think, I'll just settle, I'll just do this job or that job. God makes sure that he guides you perfectly into the job he wants you to have. And when he guides your steps and you will land in the job he wants you to have and when you look back on it and you realise that the job was suited to you and you know that that's the job God wanted you to have. Another thing is that he will give you peace. Proverbs 1.33 says, All who listen to me will live in peace, untroubled by fear of harm. Notice the words here, listen to me. God leads, you follow. If you do, God will give you a safe and secure dwelling in this life and protection from evil things. And this is a very powerful promise for all of us. Many times we find ourselves in a circumstance, one circumstance after another, as a result of not listening to God. 
and doing what he wants us to do with our lives. But we must remember the Bible tells us in 2 Corinthians 5.17, anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone and the new life has begun. And we can live in peace with the knowledge of this. Another thing he assures us is that he will guide us. And there are many verses in the Bible about guidance. Isaiah 48.17 says, I am the Lord your God who teaches you what is good for you and leads you along the paths you should follow. Psalm 32.8, the Lord says, I will guide you along the best pathway for your life. I will advise you and watch over you. Psalm 48.14, for that is what God is like. He is our God forever and ever and he will guide us until we die. Isaiah 58.11, the Lord will guide you continually, giving you water when you're dry and restoring your strength. You will be like a well-watered garden, like an ever-flowing spring. Notice the words in these promises. He will guide you continually. He'll be your guide until death. He will guide you with his eyes, lead you by the way you should go, teach you, instruct you, direct your paths. These are powerful words. And all of these verses make it very clear that it is God's job to fully guide and direct your steps. And that all of this is given to you free of charge. And that is why we can let go and let God. That is why the Bible tells us that we can now cast all of our burdens on the Lord because it is his role and his pleasure to take full care of us from the moment we fully surrender everything over. So what then does God desire of us? He wants us to surrender. Jeremiah 10.23 says, I know, Lord, that our lives are not our own. We are not able to plan our own course. In Proverbs 3, 5, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not depend on your own understanding. Surrendering is saying, Lord, I know I can't do it on my own. I know that you're in control. Surrendering is saying, I don't understand why and maybe I never will, but I'll trust you nonetheless. Surrender is why we lift our hands up in worship. It's assuming a position where you stop resisting and you submit to the will of authority. It tells us in Proverbs 3, 6, in all of your ways submit to him and he will make your path straight. This means always, not just some, but letting go of the things that are hold, you're holding on to and grabbing hold of his outstretched hand and he will straighten the paths and make a way. The musicians can come if they want. Another thing God wants is for us to commit yourself to him. Psalm 37, 4, 7 says, Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord, trust in him and he will act. He will bring forth your righteousness as the light, your justice as a noonday. Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Fret not yourself over the one who prospers in his own way or over the man who carries out evil devices. He has a plan for you. He's got your future in his hands. You've got to stop living in successes and failures and step up into the future that God has for you. He tells us to delight ourselves in him, commit our way to him and trust in him. Be still and patient. Don't worry about successes of others who prosper in their own way. He will bring your righteousness forth in his own time. It is time to step up, to step up Step up into the future that God has for you. And you know, as much as I don't like the idea of a New Year's resolution, I never make them, 
I appreciate the fact that it is a new year. A new year, a new beginning. And I want to ask you today, are you ready to step up? Are you willing to step up? Are you prepared to let go of what you're holding on to and reach forward to the outstretched hand of God waiting for you? And this morning in a moment, I want to open the altar up. If you need to make a declaration like that, why not start by making that declaration today? Lord, I'm not going to live on my successes and failures of the past, but I'm going to step up into the future you have for me. I'm going to put my trust and my hopes in you, Lord, because I know that you will not let me down. I know for some of you, this could be the first time that you fully surrender to God. It may be the next step in your walk with God. Maybe you're ready to say goodbye to the things that are holding you back. And for some of you, you're in a good place. You follow Christ for as long as you remember. But maybe it's been so long since you've felt God's presence. It's time to let go of that last memory and experience His presence again. Step up into the new things that God has in store for you. Someone once said, even if you are on the right track, you will get run over if you just sit there. It's true. Even if you are on the right track, step up and keep moving. Don't get complacent. Even if it scares you, even if it makes you uncomfortable, the courage to step forward is not the absence of fear. It's moving forward despite feeling afraid. And when you do that, God will take you by the hand and He'll lead you into His will for your life. Choose to step up because God is not finished here yet. And as the music plays, if that's you, if you want to declare that in 2020, you're going to step up into the plans God has, why don't you come down, fill this altar and surrender your past with open arms, accept your future, accept the future that God has in store for you. Make a declaration that you are willing and you're choosing to step up.